Recently, I got a question from a listener who wanted to know why Jesus spoke in parables. And he wonders what would the benefit be to the multitude to hear the parable but not to have it explained. Well, that's what we're talking about today. This is the Bible Speaks to You podcast, episode 171. And today's topic Why did Jesus talk in parables? You're listening to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. I'm James Early, your host, and this is the place to be to rediscover the original Christianity of Jesus. Each week, we talk about how Jesus wanted us to think and act and pray and live our daily lives. And we dig down into the mindset of Jesus to discover how we can think and act like he did. The goal is to experience more of Jesus' promise that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Hey there, and welcome again to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. I am so grateful you've tuned in to listen today. If you think of someone who might really appreciate today's message, please share it with them. In this episode, I'm going to talk about why Jesus talked in parables. This is actually in response to a question I got from a listener, Brian. First of all, I want to thank you, Brian, for asking this question and giving me the opportunity to talk about it on the podcast. And just as a reminder to everyone else, if you ever have a question or topic you'd like me to discuss on the Bible Speaks to You podcast, please let me know. At the end of the episode, I'll share the best way to connect with me. So, here's Brian's question, or I should say questions. It's actually rather long, but it's very good. In Matthew 13, 1 through 9, is the parable of the sower and the seed. As I'm sure you know, this story also appears in Mark and Luke. This is me talking now, just in case you're not familiar with this parable. Briefly, there's a sower that goes out and he's planting seeds. Some fall by the wayside and the birds eat them up. Some of the seeds fall on rocky soil and they sprout quickly, but there's no soil for the seeds to grow in and they die. And some of the seeds fall among weeds and they get choked out by the weeds. Some of the seeds fall on good, fertile ground, and they grow and are very productive. So that's the basic parable. Now, back to what Brian had to say. From my reading of the story, it appears Jesus tells the parable to a multitude. Then, when he is alone with the disciples, he explains the parable. The multitude doesn't hear the explanation. My question, therefore, is... What benefit was there to telling the multitude the story about how you have to plant seed in good ground to expect it to grow? Jesus wasn't a horticulturalist on a mission to help people get a higher yield from planting seeds, so what benefit did he think the multitude would get from hearing that parable without the explanation? This just occurred to me today, and I don't have a good answer. Did he think people would go away thinking about this story and eventually figure it out and thereby eventually get a spiritual benefit from it as we do today from reading both the parable and his explanation? 
Did he not care that most of the people wouldn't get anything out of the story? But as long as a small number of spiritually advanced people in the audience figured it out, that was good enough? Lately, it has occurred to me that Jesus sometimes speaks in riddles that almost nobody understood. What benefit did he think anyone got from him doing that? Did he foresee that his words would be written down and future generations would someday figure out what he was saying? Even the disciples exclaimed, tell us plainly, many times, why didn't Jesus speak more clearly? Jesus even admits that he doesn't speak to them plainly in John 16:25, And I understand the benefit of using parables if the parable is explained, but when he didn't explain the parable to many people, for example, the multitude, do you think he felt that he was providing thought-provoking ideas to people that he knew wouldn't understand initially, but that they would continue to think about until they finally figured it out? Or am I missing something? I love the podcast and wonder if you ever have trouble coming up with topics, so I thought I would send this question in case you wanted to create an episode on this topic. I just discovered your podcast a couple of months ago, and I haven't yet listened to all the episodes. Wow, Brian, this is a really good question, or I should say a lot of good questions. And thanks again for reaching out. I am so grateful you found the podcast. Now, let's talk about all these questions. There are so many possible answers to all your questions. But as I like to say, I wasn't there when Jesus told the parables, so I don't have the perfect answers. However, when we look at how he taught the parables to the crowds and explained them more privately, in the context of his whole ministry, we get a few ideas of why he did this. And he does give a reason, which I'll talk about in a few minutes. I just want to say, Brian, you are in really good company with this question. Jesus' own disciples asked the very same thing. After he finished the parable of the sower, this is in Matthew 13.10, his disciples came and asked him, Why do you use parables when you talk to the people? And Jesus then answers the question. But before we get into all that, it's important to ask this question, Who are these disciples who came to Jesus afterwards and asked this question? Does it refer just to the twelve apostles, or were there others as well? The Gospel of Mark gives us just a little more information than Matthew and Luke do about who was there. Mark 4, verse 10 says, Later, when Jesus was alone with the twelve disciples and with the others who were gathered around, they asked him what the parables meant. So the twelve were there, but there were also others who came to ask for an explanation. There could have been two more, twenty more, or a hundred and twenty more people who came to talk to Jesus at that moment. There's no way for us to know, but Mark makes it clear that there were more than just the twelve. Now, by the way, the Greek word for disciple is matetes. Sometimes it refers just to the twelve apostles, depending on the context. Other times it refers to those who were following Jesus and learning from him. The word simply means a learner, pupil, disciple, or student. So, what was the benefit to the multitude to hear the parable without the explanation? Well, there are several things here. It allowed those who heard the parable to self-select 
to find out more. Those who were curious, intrigued, or inspired by what Jesus said were free to stick around after the public talk and see if they could find out more. Have you ever been to a public presentation, lecture, or talk and gone up afterwards to talk to the speaker, either to thank them or ask a question about something they said? Did everyone at the talk go up to ask the speaker a question? I would imagine not. I can see this same thing happening when Jesus spoke publicly. Some people were fascinated by what he said and must have caught a glimpse that there was a deeper meaning. They wanted to understand more, so they went up to talk to him afterwards. And some folks just went back home. Perhaps Jesus was sharing in a way that those who were more spiritually minded would respond by wanting to know more. In fact, when Jesus finished telling the parable in public, he says, this is Matthew 13, 9, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Maybe Jesus is actually encouraging those who are receptive to stick around and listen to the explanation. Have you ever tried to explain something to someone who didn't have a clue what you were talking about? It's kind of frustrating, isn't it? Not everyone in the crowd that day was ready for the deeper meaning of the parable. So Jesus didn't go deep with them. In a sense, though, he was doing exactly what his parable described. He was planting seeds. Maybe some of those who heard the parable weren't ready for the seeds to germinate and grow, but at least they had some spiritual seeds of truth planted in their hearts that day to sprout sometime in the future. The next part of Brian's question digs into this a little deeper. He asks, Did Jesus think people would go away thinking about this story and figure it out and thereby eventually get a spiritual benefit from it as we do today from reading both the parable and his explanation? Did he not care that most of the people wouldn't get anything out of the story but as long as a small number of spiritually advanced people in the audience figured it out, that was good enough? Well, again, I don't have the perfect answer for what Jesus may have been thinking when he didn't explain the parables to the crowds, but yes, I do think he expected and hoped for the multitudes at some point to understand his teachings and put them into practice in their daily lives. The very fact that he explained to his disciples what the parable meant was one way to do this. Just imagine yourself living back then and that you had gone to hear Jesus preach. You heard him tell some pretty good stories, and just by the tone of his voice and his body language, he made everything sound really important. But you didn't really see much deeper meaning other than to be careful where you plant your seeds. But then, a week later, you ran into Peter and John in the marketplace, and you asked them, what was the big deal about those seeds planted in all those different places? And because of your genuine interest, The disciples explained it all to you just as Jesus had to them. Now, I know this is 100% speculation, but it's just to get us to think. We do have the parable and its explanation in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. These stories were circulating years before they were ever written down. And it seems clear to me that Jesus did want everyone to understand when they were spiritually ready the deeper meaning of the parable of the sower, along with all the other parables. The key phrase here to me is, when they were spiritually ready. 
Let me expand on this idea of a farmer planting seeds. Would a farmer plant his crop of wheat on a field that had not been plowed and had last year's stubble still in the ground? Of course not. The wheat seeds would just lie on the top of the soil. If they did germinate, it would be hard for the tender roots to penetrate the crusty surface of the field. The ground needs to be prepared before you plant a crop of wheat or any crop. And so it is with the human heart. Jesus knew the hearts of his listeners had to be prepared and be ready spiritually to receive the seeds of truth he planted before they would grow and bear fruit. So, when Jesus didn't explain everything in detail to the crowds, he was doing it out of love for everyone there, those who were receptive and those who weren't. To give somebody a gift they can't receive is not really loving. Just as John the Baptist prepared the hearts of the people to be ready for Jesus' arrival, Jesus was trusting his heavenly Father to prepare, in due time, everyone to be ready to receive the deeper meaning of his teachings. And just as a side note, even when we have the explanations in the Gospels of many of Jesus' parables, there are folks who read these explanations and still don't get the deeper meaning. It's all about the receptivity level in your heart. This is what Jesus was dealing with. Here's the next part of Brian's question. Lately, it has occurred to me that Jesus sometimes speaks in riddles that almost nobody understood. What benefit did he think anyone got from him doing that? Did he foresee that his words would be written down and future generations would someday figure out what he was saying? Even the disciples exclaimed, tell us plainly, many times, why didn't Jesus speak more clearly? Jesus even admits that he doesn't speak to them plainly in John 16, 25. Yes, there were many times when Jesus spoke in metaphors and parables, even to his disciples. Here's the reference Brian is referring to, John 16, verse 25. Jesus says, I have spoken of these matters in figures of speech, but soon I will stop speaking figuratively and will tell you plainly all about the Father. This whole idea of speaking figuratively was very much a part of Jesus' ministry. Remember when he told Nicodemus he had to be born again in order to see the kingdom of God? That's in John chapter 3, verse 3. Nicodemus took it literally and wondered how he was going to get back in his mother's womb. Jesus meant it figuratively. It was a metaphor. In fact, Jesus acknowledged that when he questioned Nicodemus by asking, this is John 3, 12, if you don't believe me when I tell you about earthly things, how can you possibly believe it if I tell you about heavenly things? The earthly-minded had and still have a hard enough time understand Jesus when he spoke figuratively in metaphors and parables, using the vocabulary of the earth. If Jesus had told Nicodemus the full, undiluted spiritual truth, it would have been too much for him. When you're teaching your four-year-old daughter to ride a tricycle, you don't start out by giving her a 10-speed racing bike. You give her what's appropriate for her skill level. That's what Jesus was doing with Nicodemus, his disciples and the multitudes. He was telling them they could ride a tricycle. 
Some of them were maybe ready to get on a small bike with training wheels. Later, they'd be ready to advance to a racing bike. Now, do you see what I've done? I've made it my own little parable and used the metaphor of riding a bike to talk about how ready someone is or isn't to grasp higher spiritual teachings. Now, let's come back to why Jesus spoke in parables. Here's what he says when his disciples ask this very question. This is Matthew 13, 13 through 15. This is Jesus talking. That is why I use parables, for they look, but they don't really see. He's referring to the crowds of people. They hear, but they don't really listen or understand. This fulfills the prophecy of Isaiah that says, When you hear what I say, you will not understand. When you see what I do, you will not comprehend. For the hearts of these people are hardened. Their ears cannot hear, and they have closed their eyes. So their eyes cannot see, and their ears cannot hear, and their hearts cannot understand, and they cannot turn to me and let me heal them. That is a prophecy from Isaiah 6, 9, and 10 from the Greek Hebrew scriptures called the Septuagint. Jesus knew that not everyone in the crowd would understand him. They weren't ready for his deeper meaning. He knew his ideas were revolutionary and beyond the grasp of most of the people listening to him, and sometimes this was even true of his disciples. At one point he even said to them, at the end of his ministry at the Last Supper, this is John sixteen twelve, there is so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. Do you hear the yearning in Jesus' heart? There was so much he wanted to tell his disciples. He knew he wouldn't be with them much longer, but they just weren't ready. Fortunately, that didn't mean they would never be ready. Jesus assured them there would be a time when they would understand everything they needed to. He promised the Comforter, the Spirit of Truth, or the Holy Spirit would come. This is John sixteen thirteen. He says, When the Spirit of Truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. That promise was fulfilled on the day of Pentecost and every day that the Holy Spirit comes to us. Now let's talk for a minute about whether Jesus knew his teachings would be around for future generations to read and understand. I think he did know things would get written down and passed along to future generations. This is what he says in Matthew twenty-four thirty-five: Heaven and earth will disappear but my words will never disappear. And so we have, at least what we have, of what Jesus said. Not everything was written down, but we have plenty to point us in the right direction. And more importantly, even though Jesus is not here the way he was personally 2,000 years ago, the Holy Spirit, the Comforter he promised, is still here and continues to guide us into all truth. And this is where we get to the crux of the matter. How do these ideas apply to our lives? What do we do when we don't understand something Jesus said? Do we try to figure it out by talking to other people, reading books, listening to sermons or podcasts? Well, all these things can be an important part of how we learn things, but there's a much better and deeper way. It's being guided into all truth by the Holy Spirit. Truth is not figured out intellectually. 
It is not deciphered by human will or doctrinal debate. Truth is revealed by God through the Holy Spirit. Part of the deeper answer to Brian's question is that you cannot figure out the answer with just your human mind. And with your human mind, you cannot understand the answer even when it's right in front of you. Although it may catch glimpses, the human mind cannot perceive the fullness of spiritual truth. And when the human mind does perceive truth to some degree, it does what the human mind always does with what it doesn't completely understand. It makes an idol or a golden calf out of it. It turns a living truth into a dead dogma, something that you repeat that you're told to believe. Instead of letting it become a practice in daily life, I'll repeat this we only receive and understand truth when it is revealed to us by God. Paul put it this way in 1 Corinthians 2, verses 9 and 10 No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. But it was to us that God revealed these things by his Spirit. Paul is actually quoting Isaiah 64, 4, when he says that the eyes and ears cannot perceive things of the Spirit. This is the mentality Jesus was dealing with and part of why he spoke in parables. So much of what he said was with metaphors. I think sometimes we've taken the words of these metaphors a little too literally. When we do this, We miss the meaning. We focus on the letter and lose the spirit of the idea Jesus is trying to teach us. We can never understand the things of the Spirit with our eyes and ears. If you're listening to Jesus' words with just the capacities of the human mind, however intellectually brilliant you may be, you're not going to grasp the deeper spiritual meaning of what Jesus is saying. The only way to perceive and understand Jesus' teachings, his parables, and his instructions for living is through the revelations of the Holy Spirit, which, he says, will guide us into all truth. So, if there's something Jesus said or something in the Bible you're trying to understand, maybe it's time to stop trying so hard to figure it out. It's always time to let the Holy Spirit reveal the things of God to us. And if you don't get the answer right away, that's okay. Ask God to prepare you to be ready for the answer. And one of the best ways to be prepared to receive more is to put into practice what you already know. Keep loving the way Jesus loved. Keep forgiving. Hold on to humility. Now you may think this next idea I'm going to share doesn't have anything to do with understanding Jesus' parables or his teachings. But I can promise you, if you read through the Sermon on the Mount and do everything in it that Jesus tells you to do, you will be so prepared and your heart will be so ready to receive revelations from the Holy Spirit. And you'll see deeper meaning in the parables and all of Jesus' teachings than you ever saw before. God is speaking to you through the Holy Spirit, revealing the deep spiritual meaning of Jesus' teachings and you have the ability to hear and understand because, as Jesus said in Matthew 13, 16, Blessed are your eyes because they see, and your ears because they hear. Thank you so much for listening today. 
And Brian, thanks so much for sending in your questions. I really appreciate it. And I hope some of the ideas I shared were helpful just to get you started thinking about this in a fresh way. And to everyone else who's listening, if you have any comments about today's episode or questions or ideas for future episodes, I'd love to hear from you. The best way to get a hold of me is on my website. Go to thebiblespeakstoyou.com and click on the contact tab in the menu bar. Fill out the form and I'll be in touch. I can't wait to hear from you. If you haven't subscribed yet to the podcast, on my website, I encourage you to do so. Go to thebiblespeakstoyou.com and click on the subscribe tab in the menu bar. Just fill out the form and you're all set. You can listen on any of the podcast apps, but when you sign up on my website, I'll send you a free prayer guide I put together called Praying with the Mindset of Jesus. As always, the Bible quotes in today's episode will be in the show notes on the website. You can find those at thebiblespeakstoyou.com forward slash 171. This is episode 171. And if you're listening in a podcast app, that link will be in the description. I want to thank you again for being here and for all the ways you've been supportive. If you'd like to help cover the operating and production costs of the podcast, you'll find a PayPal donate button at the very bottom of my website in the footer. That's it for this week, and I just want you to know how grateful I am for each one of you. I'm James Early with the Bible Speaks to You podcast. Have a great week, take care, and we'll see you next time. God bless.